This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This ball is popped into center field pretty deep, but it's probably going to be playable for Brinson. On his way back, and it sails out of here. Into the wind, Robinson Torinos pops one, puts the Astros on the board. I didn't think any ball in center field would get out of here today, but Torino's really crushed it. Welcome to another Astros podcast. And greetings from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter, Florida, where today the Houston Astros take on the Miami Marlins. Astros and Marlins met yesterday in West Palm Beach. Astros had an 11-5 win. Robinson Chirinos a homer, and Abraham Toro a go-ahead two-run double as the Astros are now 5-5-2 and two in Grapefruit League play. Today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Justin Verlander on the mound for the Astros today, and, and so far so good for Verlander this spring, making his third start this afternoon. You know what, Robert, in his first two outings, he's concentrated a lot on the changeup, and it's been great. I mean, it's just not a mediocre pitch that he can just throw into that repertoire. It's been a very effective pitch. He's getting swing and misses on that, and I think the confidence will continue to grow with that change of pace to go along with that great other stuff. Justin Verlander, the Astros' probable opening day starter, although A.J. Hinch hasn't officially announced it yet. The Marlins have announced that Jose Urania is going to be their opening day starter for a second straight year. He's going for Miami today. He's a bit of a tease. He throws 96, 97 miles per hour. Doesn't get a lot of swing and miss, though. The strikeout numbers are low. You can put him in play, sometimes effectively wild, but he's a hard thrower, and he's their best, 27 years old. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, one thing to keep an eye on today certainly will be how often does Justin Verlander throw that changeup. He's thrown it about about seven or eight in, in each of his starts so far this spring. Yeah, so for Verlander with that changeup, I, I just feel like he's going to continue to grow in the confidence with that pitch and tinker with it a little bit. Do I throw it to righties? Can I throw it inside to righties? Things of that nature. What we've seen with that pitch, though, is it goes straight down. So equally effective against righties and lefties. It's going to be a good one for Verlander. Up next, we'll be joined by A.J. Reed, Astros' first baseman. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Welcome back, Robert Ford, joined by A.J. Reed and in camp again at the big league level. And, of course, you've gotten some, some big league time the, the last few years. Overall, how are you feeling with, with where you're at right now and your preparations for the season? Yeah, um, you know, I feel like the work I put in the off season to the swing was good work. Um, you know, I feel comfortable up there. The, you know, the uh, results and the numbers aren't where we would like them to be, but um, you know, it's improving. I'm starting to hit the ball hard, and um, yeah, I feel good. You mentioned your swing. What in particular were you were you working on with it this off season that you've tried to carry over into camp? Uh, just trying to make the swing more efficient, um, get more direct to the ball, um, keeping my hands close to the body, 
uh, things like that, just things to make it a little quicker, a little more efficient. You know, you hear all this talk about launch angle and getting the ball in the air and all that. How much do you pay attention to some of those numbers, or is it something you, you try to put in the back of your mind? Um, I mean, yeah, for me, uh, being a power guy, someone who's going to drive and runs, the launch angle is a big thing for me. Um, I mean, I don't pay too close attention to it, but I do mm -hmm. like to, um, you know, if I hit a ball good, see where I'm at, kind of just where, where to aim for. And, um, yeah, you know, just try to put the barrel on the ball and drive it somewhere. You've, since you've been in the organization, you were drafted in 2014, second-round pick. How much have you seen just the amount of information that's available to you, even when you're down at AAA, change and, and increase? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like every year we're getting something new uh, to help us out, whether it's, you know, a different camera angle or high-speed camera or whatever it is. You know, it's just uh, there's always something new every year. So I know we've talked about this before. You're apparently a pretty good bowler. Bowled a 255, I understand, recently. How long have you been bowling? Is Was it something you did competitively growing up? Yeah, so I started bowling when I was like eight. Uh -huh. Bowled through my freshman year of high school. And then um, after that, I, I gave it up. And now I kind of just do it for fun in the off season. And, um, you know, this year it's kind of carried over into spring. And, uh, you know, just a good hobby to have. So your high school had a bowling team? Yeah, we had a bowling team. Uh, I, was, I was on it my freshman year. And then... Yeah, like I said, after that, I was done. So, have you? What's what's the best you've ever bowled? Have you bowled, bowled a perfect game? Not a perfect game, but two seventy nine is my highest. So, what's the key to to being being good at bowling? Is it getting the spin on the ball? What is it? Um, consistency. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to throw the ball in the same spot uh, when you find the right line. So, uh, consistency. Is were you able to take anything that you learned from bowling and carry it over into your baseball? Well, back then I was pitching too, so it was, um, you know, having like the, the accuracy was important for both. So um, being able to like pick a spot and be able to throw the ball where you wanted to was, I feel like, helped me later on in my pitching years. When your baseball career is over, and hopefully that's not for a while, would you uh, ever try to, to get on the professional bowlers tour, do something along those lines? We I talked to my wife about it this off season, and we think it would be, you know, something fun just to try out. Um, maybe even, you know, before I'm done playing, go try and play in some tournaments in the off season or something. So um, definitely something that we've talked about. So you must have a bowling ball with your name on it, then, right? Uh, I've got one in my car with me. Yeah. <laughs> so you carry? You always have a bowling ball with you on the road and things like that. This year will be my first year bringing it, but yeah, we're we're planning on bringing one this year. All right, Astros first baseman and maybe professional bowler one day, A.J. Reed. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Yep, thanks for having me. Joined this inning by Jake Kaplan, who writes for The Athletic for this Astros organization, who's come up with a lot of great stories in the last year in particular with The Athletic. What do you love about The Athletic, Jake? Um, just the uh, ability to you know, take more time on a story if I need it and, and really delve into something rather than having to churn churn out something every day and it's long form too yeah. i mean you can you're not you know restricted with a word yeah, count right as long as i want which is which is nice all right Framber valdez still in the ball game we want to talk to you about brad peacock who started this game he went three innings gave up a hit two unearned runs with a walk of two strikeouts what did brad have to say in the clubhouse earlier he felt good uh which is Typical Brad Peacock. Yeah, uh, very unemotional. Shrugged his shoulders yeah. a few times. Just happy uh, to just happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he he was happy with his outing. He he liked his outside of one changeup. He liked his changeup today. Threw about six or seven of them. He said, uh, lamented that one slider that he hung uh, that was that was crushed pretty good. But 
Um, overall, felt good. Kind of looked like a continuation of his last outing. He's right. putting together a steady spring so far. Did he talk about the grip of the baseball? We've been wondering if it, the cold, windy conditions made things more slick for a lot of these pitchers. We've seen a lot of balls get away from people. No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was a factor. All right, Brian Miller leads things off for the Marlins. Framber Valdez back out there, misses low and away with the fastball for strike one. We get a sense, and we hear time and time again, it looks like it's between Peacock and Framber Valdez for that fifth spot. Uh, so far, I mean, I don't think anybody's really separated themselves too much, but Peacock's been sharper control-wise. Yeah, I think it's safe to say he's the front runner as of today, but... There's so much time left in spring. A lot can happen. Valdez delivers. Misses high with the fastball. It's 3-0 here to lead off the seventh inning. Saw Bregman leave after one at bat. Had a, a tough play in the field. Uh, saw Chirinos come out. He's probably coming out anyway in the fifth inning after taking the pitch off his left hand. Did you see either of those guys down there? No, neither of them were in the clubhouse uh, when the media was in there. Uh, hopefully we can get more of an update post game. but the Astros haven't uh, provided an official update yet on either of those players so you guys go in after the game you get a chance to talk to aj right yeah uh so how it works is aj hinge talks to the media and then they reopen the clubhouse to whoever's still here uh, uh in this case i'm sure framber valdez will be a you know, one of the guys it's a three two count to miller and he punches it the other way and it's just inside the line in left field as miller cruises into second base with a stand-up double to begin the seventh inning off of valdez well, that was a pretty-looking swing right there. It was, slicing away from Tucker, chasing it down uh, as it headed toward the corner. So leadoff double for the Marlins. Batter now is Santiago Sanchez, batting for the first time in this one. And we start to see guys get sent down from camp, and we've mentioned a couple times during this broadcast that the Astros sent uh, a couple of, of pitchers down, one of them being Brady Rogers, mm -hmm. who I would imagine was probably – Frustrated to be sent down so early. His pitch has popped up. Shallow right field going back on it. Taylor Jones, first baseman, and nobody's going to get there as it ends up into the seats down the right field line. Uh, did you get a chance to talk to Brady after they gave him the news this morning? No. Un unfortunately, um, the Astros make their cuts so that the players are already gone by the time the media gets there oh. uh, and already have the news and, and are on their way to the minor league side. But I, I, I agree with you. I'm sure he was pretty frustrated. You know, 40-man roster guys probably expect to go a little bit deeper in the camp. Right. Yeah, because Martez is the other 40-man player who was optioned today, but obviously he's coming back from injury. Chavez taps one to the right side of the infield. Having to come in quickly is Rojas. He'll have to get rid of it quickly. He does. To get the catcher by a step. Nice job by the second baseman for the Astros. Runner goes to third, and there's one away. And I'd have to imagine, Jake, I mean, you look at this Astros team, and obviously there are always injuries that you, you worry about. But with the way things sit right now, probably not going to be too many surprises in terms of cuts and camp for, uh, for, for a few weeks here. No, I mean, realistically, there's like, 26 or 27 players who have a chance to make the 25-man roster. Right. It's There's not many decisions that loom. The one that we spoke about earlier, the fifth starter between Valdez and Peacock being the big one. But after that, I mean, the rest kind of sets itself a little bit. First pitch to Joe Dunon, the shortstop now for the Marlins. Misses outside. Runner on third. There's one away. 10-4 lead for the Astros. And as soon as A.J. Hinch, if about a week ago, said that it looks like that they'll probably carry one extra position player. I think that set things up. There's a tapper back to the mound. They check him back to third base now, go to first. 
for the out. So it's one to three on the put out. Runner stays at third. Nice play by Valdez to check the runner. Yeah, really good. Just make sure you look that runner back before throwing the first base. So two away now for James Nelson. But yeah, the fact that A.J. Hinch said, you know, they're, they're, they're going to carry 13 position players. That was one of the questions, all right? Is, is there room on this team for, you know, Tony Kemp and Jake Marisnik and maybe right. Tyler White? But now we, we kind of have the answer in that regard. Yeah, I think it will be something to continue to monitor during the season. James Nelson lines one into left center field, and that's a base hit with two outs. Knocks in a run for the Marlins, picking on the first pitch. One of the reasons they think they'll be able to carry a seven-man bullpen is because they have four off days in April in a 15-day span. Uh, but in May, their schedule is a little bit more, a little bit less conducive to um, to that kind of thing. So they might have to make a move there, or you know, find a way to bring up an extra arm for, for May. You know, and you just gain more clarity as the season unfolds. You know, you see, all right, how does this, how does this look, and how are our pitchers doing, and what's everybody look like in the bullpen? Bryson Brigham now the batter. Takes one outside. Um, but you also have the risk of losing Kemp or Marisnik because of the option situation. Yeah, they could option Marisnik. He does have one. But Kemp is out of options. White's out of options. So those guys would have to pass through waivers on claim to stay with the Astros if they didn't make the team. And then Marisnik, 40 days into the season, will have enough service time where he no longer has that option remaining, can refuse... What's that, 40 days into the season? 40 days into the season. 1-1 one, one count to Brigham. It's a good curveball strike right at the knees. It's 1-2. and two. And don't you think that it could also be, too, Jake, that that might pre place a premium on relievers who can go multiple innings. You think about someone like Josh James, then that makes it easier for you to carry that extra position player. Yeah, and I think right now that might be Framber Valdez's best case for this fifth spot because Brad Peacock has a lot of value in that multi-inning role. Uh, Valdez gets the strikeout on a breaking ball low and end to Brigham, and that'll do it for the Marlins here in the seventh. Jake, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we, we love this insight during the, during the game and, and getting the reports from down in the clubhouse, so we'll do it again real soon. Hope so. My pleasure. Thank you. Astroline. Astroline, the official off-season hot stove show for your Houston Astros. We're live from Duffy's Sports Grill for the very first time down at West Palm Beach. Listen in as Steve Sparks and Robert Ford host an hour-long show with your favorite Astros. Jeff Bagwell. Good to see you, Sparky. It's great to be here. The manager of the Houston Astros, A.J. Hinch. I like all the Astros fans out at Duffy. Visit Astros.com for showtimes and broadcast info. Astroline on the Houston Astros Radio Network.